Welcome to the Brave Parenting Podcast, an examination of the Bible and how parents can apply God's Word to raising kids in a culture saturated with media and technology. We look at everyday issues from a biblical worldview so you can trust the sufficiency of Scripture and apply its truth to your life as you raise and disciple your kids. Hello, welcome to another Worldview Wednesday. I am your host, Kelly Newcomb. Joining me today is Chelsea Hazel. Hey, Kelly. It's great to be here. I'm so glad it's another Worldview Wednesday. So it's December. Everyone loves to talk about their family traditions. We always really cling to our traditions during December. I think one of my favorite is Christmas Eve. You know, we Mm. set up fondue and we pop Christmas poppers and we wear paper crowns and share the corny jokes and we just like eat for hours. But um, it's probably one of my favorite days of the year. What about you? I love I love I do I do love Christmas Eve. That's like the, to me the most important thing is just making sure that I get to church since I work. Yeah. Like a job that is like open all the time. <laughs> That's always been a thing for me for the past 20 plus years. Retail mm-hmm. pharmacies are open on Christmas Eve and I'm always like got to get to church. But other than that, um you know, this season my favorite is just like having the house all lit up. I love lights. I don't like my house dark. So like we like turn on Every light, we leave our Christmas tree lit like 24-7. We leave the lights outside up 24-7. We light candles. Like, I love the light. So otherwise, you know, our traditions are changing and kind of morphing as kids grow up and move out. So maybe some parents can kind of identify with that. It's weird. Like all Mm -hmm. of a sudden, Christmas Eve won't look the same. And, you know, we always give Christmas Eve. Stop. My kids are little. This is never happening. It's it's just weird. (laughs) You know, we used to have seven and now we've only got three and not everybody can come back for Christmas. So yeah, you know, but God has something uh, special and beautiful, I think, in every season. So we're just going to, we're going to embrace it. Thanks for that. Thanks for that hope. Yeah. Um, Cling to that one. (laughs) (laughs) That's what the season is about. It's Mm -hmm. (laughs) about Mm -hmm. the thrill of hope, right? So these are awesome. Love traditions. And, uh, if you have an awesome tradition, share it with us on Facebook. We would love to hear it. I love new traditions. I love to hear what other people are doing. So let us know. Leave us a note. And all right, Worldview Wednesday. So much to talk about. I feel like I'm almost overwhelmed with how many things I feel are going on in the world that we can talk about. But Chelsea, start us off. All right. I am happy to kick us off. Okay. So this first one is actually coming from the Daily Wire. It's a little bit older. It's coming out November or it came out November 23rd. It says, Pastor Story Hour, ministers take Bible-based picture books to local libraries amid drag queen story hour craze. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. Uh, Yep, exactly. Those are all my thoughts, too. (laughs) (laughs) As drag queen story hour events sweep the nation, two ministers are exhorting fellow Christian men to bring Pastor Story Hour to their local libraries. The promotion of LGBTQ movement among our children, often through graphic strip teases and sexually explicit curricula in government schools, has, yep, has recently been the center of political and social controversy. Why are drag queens seemingly more interested in in influencing the children in their community than pastors? Why are the more lost committed to the systematic and cultural evangelization of the public than American Christians are to evangelizing with the gospel? Mm. That's a, those are good questions. Those are good questions. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. These are hard questions the church needs to face. Christians need to see that Christianity is a t- totalizing faith, which means Christ should be should not be reserved for our church life, but should saturate and permeate our entire lives. Historically, Christian fathers took up the mantle of child discipleship, 
Fathers and mothers are to raise their children to understand what the Bible says about God, Christ, and the church. Unfortunately, the vast majority of Christian men have abdicated this role, leaving children vulnerable to the influence and lies of the culture. Namely, fathers don't realize that if they don't teach their children who they are, then the world will. We have said that, haven't we? If you don't teach them, the world will. Yes. You know, honestly, I kind of wish I had found this article sooner for like our Thankfulness Worldview Wednesday that we did a few weeks back, but I was really thankful that um, these two men are out there amid this, you know, craze of drag drag queen story hour doing something. I've been bemoaning the whole issue for weeks upon weeks. I think we talked about it way back in our Disney episode from early summer, late summer, maybe. Yeah. Because honestly, it was just the shock and horror of it all. It's like looking at a car wreck and not being able to look away from it. And these two men deserve so many props for being able to look past that car accident and just get into the nitty gritty to evangelize and to do something. Right. So if you're listening to this and you've kind of been in that place where I've been um, and you want to do something, host um, something at your library. There are fantastic children's stories from R.C. Sproul and David Powelson and other faithful saints in our lifetime who have written really wonderful children's books that help teach deep theological truths. This article highlights a major component of the reason why these stories ours exist, fatherlessness. Mm. We cannot deny the statistic of absent fathers, whether they're physically present or emotionally absent, but abdicating the role that they're supposed to play is yeah. less neglectful. Fathers play a crucial role in the lives of their children. Just this year, the Institute for Family Studies provided an in-depth look at the consequences many children are facing today when they're raised without fathers and how it specifically impacts boys. I'm quoting now from The Federalist. According to the IFS brief, young men who grew up without biological fathers are nearly twice as likely to be idle compared to those who grew up with an actively involved dad. In addition, they have a significant anger issue, which leads to legal problems, as fatherless boys are about twice as likely to have spent some time in jail before they reach the age of 30, end quote. So if you're interested in looking at these stats, And the link to the IFS or to the study the IFS put out, it'll be on our show notes. But honestly, Kelly, we need to look at this biblically because, hey, that's what we do, right? Mm -hmm. Fathers provide for their families physically by providing shelter, clothes, food, but they also provide spiritually by leading his children to the love of the ultimate good father. So I'm going to pull this from 1 Timothy 5.8. But if anyone does not provide for his relatives and especially for members of his own household, He has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Ouch, Kel. (laughs) Yes. That's hard. Godly husbands and fathers are incredible. They are cornerstones for their families. And Christians really need to be more vocal about how devastating it is for a family to be without one. Kelly, what are your thoughts? This highlights what we have talked about so many times is, you know, the breakdown of the family. The culture is trying to break down the family unit tear it apart, say it's not needed. And this is some of the results of what happens, like you had highlighted in this study, is the fatherlessness. But, but if you, you know, rewind the whole reel, <laughs> because right now it's just easy to look around and say, oh, this is all, this is all so terrible. Why is there a drag queen story hour? Well, it all happens when we start breaking down the family, when fathers are absent. And I immediately go to, um, I just grabbed my Bible real quick, you know, Proverbs, those first chapters of Proverbs are all apparent, especially yeah. it's a father 
It is a father speaking to his son, like imparting wisdom. You know, Proverbs 4 starts to listen, my sons, to a father's instructions. Proverbs 5, my son, pay attention to my wisdom. Listen well to my words of insight. Proverbs 6, my son, if you have put up security for your neighbor, if you have stuck hands out for a pledge to another. Proverbs 7, my son, keep my words and store up my commands within you. Right? I mean, so it's over and over and over again. It's a father speaking to his son and imparting this wisdom. Sadly, that's where we're at is we're in a space of fatherlessness and and not doing this. And pastors picking up the the mantle, the torch and and going into the school libraries, I think is awesome. I think it's, it's amazing. Awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, I didn't think this drag queen story hour would ever hit my community. I live in a little, well, it's not little anymore. <laughs> it used to be little. <laughs> we have grown immensely. And maybe this is why. Um, but we are really um, Texas conservative kind of small town. And a lot of stuff does not hit us like it does other places. And I saw on Facebook that someone had shared and shared with outrage that there was a drag queen, like, I don't know, was it like a tea party or it was something? Yeah, it was like a brunch or something. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that was being hosted and right in our town. And luckily, everybody who was responding was pretty much outraged. But I I just thought, well, there it is. You know, (laughs) I I, there it is. It, It hit. It's coming. And I could I could go on a tangent about the transgender movement and and what we're experiencing in culture. And I've done that numerous times. But first, while we're here, I just need to suggest to you the amazing documentary, Disconnected. Oh, it was awesome. It was phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Chelsea and I, we watched this with our husbands. We sort of had like a little Zoom party since we live apart, (laughs) way apart (laughs) the country from each other. And it was extremely informative and honestly was empowering. It, It helped me feel equipped with the knowledge I really needed to have conversations, but with young people and adults. It's really fantastic. It highlights the the whole movement of transgender, the experts that they have speaking. It's just, it's really phenomenal. I'm going to link to the documentary in the show notes. But, you know, I think of this quote. It says, you know, from that article, unfortunately, the the vast majority of Christian men have abdicated their role. I hear that. And then I also, you know, read that part is uh, that Christians need to see that Christianity is a totalizing faith, which means that Christ should not be reserved for church life only, but that it should saturate and permeate our entire lives. When you read that, you know, I just think, yeah, you know what? Some of us have husbands, women, for whatever reason, right now, maybe it's the feminism. I don't know why. We tend to be really passionate about yeah. Christ. We tend to be, you know, you see a big yeah. movement of women in the church, and but we can only have so many roles in the church. But yeah. we we can still do our job in raising our children and and parting these truths. And we just we no longer live in a time and place where we have the luxury of living casual Christian lives, where we don't read the Bible, we don't teach a biblical worldview, we don't debunk bad ideologies, because ultimately the internet is this tyrannical king of the generation. The yep. internet is the all-wise sage. Instead of the father, because the father's abdicated their role, or maybe the mother's abdicated their role, it's now the internet, right? Google, King Google has knows everything. Why do I need to study yep. in school? Why do, you know, I, why do I need to know this? I can just look on Google. And I think that we as parents really literally need to put on the full armor of God 
and be ready to fight against all these terrible ideologies and half-truths and outright lies that are being told to our children. We can't live comfortable, luxurious little lives where our kids are just going to naturally have Christianity uh, or the truth of the gospel. They're just going to absorb it. (laughs) Yeah, like osmosis or something like that. That might have happened in 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 different generations, but it is not. We are almost like post-Christian, post-truth. And if you are passionate at all about the gospel, about Jesus Christ, it, it is, a, it, you're working, you're fighting, mm-hmm. you're taking, taking up the sword uh, with the word of God and you um, have to fight for your children. That's, mm-hmm. that's what I got, man. That's a good word, Cal. Yeah. All right. Jumping on to the next headline. This comes from NBC News posted on November 25th, and it is a new virtual reality app focused on mental health, but their effectiveness isn't known. All right, talks about this young man who, after his father died of COVID, um, his grief was overwhelming, and he turned to an unlikely outlet, virtual reality. It says that the 24-year-old found himself wading into an emerging field of virtual mental health care via a service called Innerworld, which offers peer-led mental health support through its app. The idea to bring the principles of cognitive behavioral therapy, or CBT, into the metaverse and enable users to interact with others as anonymous avatars through voice and text-based chat. Chelsea, I know you're going to hold your tongue because as a counselor, I know you're, I just, I can see you. (laughs) goes on to say that (laughs) inner world gives everyday users the opportunity to deliver support to one another. Um, Its founder emphasizes that the service should not replace professional treatment upon registering inner world Users must acknowledge that they understand the app is not therapy. Mm. Okay. Uh, upon entering Innerworld, users can choose from a variety of settings that emulate environments like hiking trails or libraries. From there, they can engage with other avatars or browse a list of peer-led events such as group meditation sessions, addiction support groups, and workshops on navigating anxiety. The efficacy of Innerworld's approach is still being studied. Wow. First of all, I must divulge, I've been really debating and debating and debating on doing an episode on virtual reality and the metaverse. I was actually interviewed by a senior at the private Christian school here in our town who's doing their senior thesis on the metaverse. And it sparked a lot of interest. Like I thought, oh, I don't really know a whole lot. So I did some research for her so I could respond to it. I don't know. I I kind of feel like the metaverse is maybe on life support based on some of what I read. (laughs) So mm-hmm. I've kind of been like weighing, you know, how, how important is it? But nonetheless, if virtual reality and the metaverse are topics that you'd really like us to cover, please uh, email us at podcast at braveparenting.net or shoot us a message on Facebook. And honestly, we'll do it. We'll mm-hmm. do it. Um, okay. So thinking biblically, I'm so saddened by the futile grasps for connection this VR app is offering. I I honestly don't know the grief of losing a parent, so I don't stand here in any judgment whatsoever. But I do know from scripture, as well as science, that human beings are designed to be in relationship with one another, like physical, face-to-face relationships with one another. Uh, and more than that, you know, it's it's personal, it's life on life, it's verbal, nonverbal communication that you see, like you can see empathy and sympathy and you know all of that in someone's face physical touch hugging someone hugging you know did i think that there's like a study that says like a hug that's like i don't know i think a hug has to be like 3 seconds long or something 
mm-hmm. and it like mm-hmm. boosts the endorphins and dopamine and all that kind of stuff. But those shared experiences of senses, like this is, this is the way that God created us to thrive. You know, Genesis 2.18 says, the Lord says, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make a helper fit for him, right? We are not meant to be alone. Uh, furthermore, I think of Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12. Two are better than one because they have good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help him up. If two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep one warm alone? The one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. And then Hebrews 10, 24 to 25. Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as it is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So I know that some people can argue that VR is like meeting up together, quote, but that's simply not true. An avatar of you interacting with someone else's avatar, that is not true, genuine human togetherness. You can't help pick someone else up physically, like Ecclesiastes says. God didn't make an avatar to be with man. You know, this is just a 21st century construction. And I believe that these scriptures equally refute like the immense amount of digital communication and say togetherness over video games that so many people justify. Well, I think there's an arbitrary amount of relationships, portions of relationships that can occur using digital and smart technology, it simply cannot be the only way. Life on life, in-person togetherness can simply not be replaced. And I believe that our loneliness and depression epidemic that our young people are experiencing today are evidence of these truths. We cannot neglect meeting together in person, whether for counseling, whether for support, whether for friendship, you know, sharing a meal together. This is where real relationships, the life-giving, life-sustaining, life-saving relationships. That is where that occurs. All of these like digital spaces, I think, you know, they, for people offer like this judgment-free zone, like this person doesn't know me. So therefore I can be honest and share whatever I want to in this space because it's just an avatar and it's just so smoke and mirrors. There is simply absolutely no replacement for real relationships. And even when they're hard and relationships are hard and even when they hurt, they are real. And that realness with another image bearer of God connects you to your creator and your savior. There is nothing that we experience in our humanness that Jesus Christ has an experience as well. All the pain, all, all the, the hurt, the suffering, the grief, he can empathize with us and is ultimately the only counselor we will ever need. A VR app cannot replace a human being. Can't replace counseling. Can't. I know you've got something to say, girl. Go. Well, I think, did you mention that it was like smoke and mirrors? Yes. And you're, yeah. So I think that pretty much sums it up. But it's hard not to look at this and say, but look, but look, it's doing something good, right? It's helping someone. Mm-hmm. I think in the the extended article, they talked about um, a Vietnam vet who has experienced a decrease in his PTSD symptoms. So we can look at this and people are like, but it's helping, like there's some good in it. And I think what we all realize is there are real problems out there. Secular counselors and biblical counselors and just the general public alike, we all realize there are problems out there like grief and PTSD. 
And we know that because this all falls under general revelation. There are things that we can know about this world and our experience in this world, and we all share in it. But virtual reality-based therapy is rooted in general revelations, which as Christians, we know is broken because it's been Mm -hmm. impacted by the fall in Genesis. So essentially what this VR-based therapy and other secular therapies can only do They can only use a broken system to fix broken problems. Mm, Yeah. What's unique about virtual reality is its way to try and transcend the brokenness. Going into these virtual realities that are not part of this reality is appealing because I've been through grief. I have lost a parent and I could have, I would have found this very, very appealing to escape the pain of what it feels like to lose a parent. Then you take the headset off and you're back in your broken reality. The grief is still there. The problems are still there. The anxiety, the fear from the PTSD, it's all still there. There was actually no true escape. But I believe if we can look at this through a biblical worldview, we can actually be really encouraged. So here are men and women with very real problems trying to transcend reality. They want out. They're not happy with it. They realize that something is wrong. Christian brothers and sisters, we have answers. And even better, we have a hope for them. We have a transcendent trinity and a word that is distinct and set apart from this brokenness. There is something baked into the very fabric of human nature to escape this reality because we know it's wrong. We know something's off. And here we are in December, ready to celebrate the advent, the coming king, the coming savior who took on human flesh so that we could draw near to him. Even in this reality, we could draw near to him. In fact, I just saw this post on Paul David's trip Facebook page. He said, the baby is born so that those cursed and controlled by sin may be forgiven and freed forever. Mm, That's good. Nothing can replace the ultimate freedom that Jesus gives And as Christians, we should be shouting this from the rooftops that he has brought us close so that we can go through these hard things with our King and Savior who is not tainted and broken, who is transcendent, who is above and outside of this reality. Mm, Yeah. All right. All right. Last one. This one's, I'm going to take my earrings off for this one, girl. (laughs) (laughs) I I'm going to let you do it. I'm going to let you uh, get Mm. into this. Mm. You chose this article, so go ahead. I did. All right. I'm going for it. Okay. This is coming out November 29th. If you haven't heard about this, I think you've been living in a hole, but we're going to go for it. And hopefully it's not too late. I mean, I think that the conversation is still going on even today, even though this article came out last week. So Kim Kardashian is reevaluating her Balenciaga relationship over child images. All right. Just like the article says, the reality star said Sunday night after the luxury fashion brand was widely criticized for a campaign featuring children posing with teddy bears in what appeared to be bondage gear. Quote, as a mother of four, I have been shaken by the disturbing images, she said on Twitter. The safety of children must be held with the highest regard and any attempts to normalize child abuse of any kind should have no place in our society, period, end quote. Last week, photos surfaced of a Balenciaga campaign that showed children holding teddy bears in leather gear resembling what's used for BDSM, an abbreviation for bondage, discipline, dominance, submission, and sadomasochism. 
One photo showed a child holding a teddy bear that was dressed in wrist and ankle restraints with a Mm -hmm. lock and chain around its neck. Kardashian, who has worked as an ambassador for Balenciaga, said she was currently reevaluating my relationship with the brand, basing it off their willingness to accept accountability for something that should never have happened to begin with, and the actions that I am expecting to see them take to protect children. End quote. Balenciaga said in a statement on Monday, We strongly condemn child abuse. It was never our intent to include it in our narrative. These two separate ad campaigns in question reflect a series of grievous errors for which Balenciaga takes responsibility, end quote. And they're talking about another ad ad campaign that had um, amendments for the lowering of consent for children, which featured Nicole Kidman in the pictures. Okay, so here we go. I agree with Kim. You're probably going to be shocked. I agree with her. You agree with Kim Kardashian? I know. The images were vulgar. I agree with her on that. In fact, I remember sending you the article when it first dropped a few weeks ago, and I saw the images of the child in bondage. I believe they've been removed now. It was abhorrent, and it was actually right literally the day after we came off of our porn miniseries from November. And I thought this, this is what becomes acceptable when people are fed a diet of pornography because there's no more filter. There's no more decency. There's no more second thoughts like, hmm, does this cross a line? Because your brain is physically altered from a diet of pornography. Go back, go back and listen to our episodes if you haven't in November, because then you'll know what I'm talking about. But here's where I disagree with Kim Kardashian on her lack of self-awareness. Kelly, what's that old saying about a kettle and a pot and the color black? I mean, (laughs) why is she calling out Balenciaga when she has contributed to the very Uh. industry that is sexualizing children? Has she not forgotten or has she forgotten the nudes that she's posted of herself on Instagram? Has she not also exposed herself to children in a demeaning and vulgar and vile way? Because let's not kid ourselves. Children are on Instagram. Brave parenting, we just wouldn't be here if that were the case. I don't think she should reconsider her contract with them. If anything, she's working with them hand in hand. She exposes and they exploit. It seems like it's mutually beneficial, doesn't it? This article makes me so mad because so many times we say that all of this matters, the biblical worldview, the protection of children, the lurking predators, the exploitation, the addictions, the need for a savior and a transcendent authority. And we say all these things matter because we're talking about children and people just look at us and say, oh, that's nice. Like we've all come to this place in our hearts where we're just a little apathetic. We don't really care anymore. And I keep thinking about like men on the watchtower of a fortress. And I think that's you and us and other ministries like CFBU and Mama Bear Apologetics and Colson Setter. Colson Setter did an awesome coverage on this from their Friday episode. And all of us keep yelling down saying, hey, the enemy is advancing. The enemy is advancing. We need to wake up. And people just look up at us and say, that's, oh, nice. that's nice. Oh, yeah. 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 Good. Okay. Good for yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. So then we have this. We read this article. And this is the fruit of what we have been yelling down about. It's the product of a porn diet. It's the sexualization of children, the promotion of younger and younger consent. This is the fruit. And this poor child will forever be in a picture strapped in bondage and probably has parents that care zilch about his soul. And the evidence for that is that they approved of the pictures. I I heard on Ali Beth Stuckey, he actually made a comment and, and said he didn't think that anything was wrong. Uh, I, I'm not sure. Chat, I haven't read. I haven't read oh. the. I haven't read the parent statement. But wow. she d- she did read it, 
don't remember exactly the wording, um, but that he too didn't th- he thought it was all being blown out of proportion. Wow. Mm-hmm. I just I can't I can't wrap my I can't wrap my head around I, especially as adoptive parents where we've like no I just cannot yeah. no this child wasn't dear and precious to them he's a money maker he's a fame maker he's a meal ticket he's not a precious image bearer so I pray I pray this kid meets godly men and women who point him to the good father who loves him who sent his son to die for him and who genuinely delights in him for no other reason than because our God can delight without an ulterior motive. Mm-hmm. Mm. hands are shaken mm-hmm. i cannot stand stuff like this i yeah i agree let me let me just <laughs> i'm so bad about this too uh i have now listened to and read a lot and i've i've seen all sorts of stuff through looking through news sites and facebook or whatever of all kinds of people or oh i'm burning my you know balenciaga shoes i'm done with you i'm sorry where were all of you celebrities and influencers that are now so ready to cancel Balenciaga? Where were you over the past few years when the National Center on Sexual Exploitation has released its dirty dozen list calling out numerous organizations bigger than Balenciaga for their role in the sexual exploitation of children? Bring as, it. As Pinterest, Drop the truth bomb. <laughs> you know, Pinterest is selling sex dolls that look like children. Are you saying anything about that? Yeah. D- Discord hosts predators child predators grooming young boys and girls and extorting images of them where are you on that are you using your voice to stand up for children there or or even more are you standing up for children interacting with the sexual content on instagram and twitter because i know you all are on there there are so many like creeps that are exploiting children where are you are you standing up for any of this when it is not convenient when it doesn't serve your best, you know, bottom line of the money that you make. What about the Hollywood executives who've been accused, accused of sexually abusing child actors for decades, decades, yep. and they're getting yep. canceled, like, you know, Brendan Fraser, like, saying that he was sexually abused. I mean, there, there's, doc, there's a documentary out there, and I started to watch it, I actually couldn't even finish it, talking about how many Hollywood executives are sexually abusing the Disney stars and all these other child actors in order so that they can make it big. This is what you have to do. This is abominable. Where are you celebrities talking about all of this? This lights me on fire. Yep. The entire culture of celebrities and influencers, they thrive on sexual exploitation. Frankly, frankly, you know, I agree with you. Kim Kardashian's nudes on Instagram, it's ridiculous. To me, that's more disturbing than the insinuations made in the Balenciaga ads. Because you could look at that Balenciaga ad and actually just look past it. Like, that's weird. That's dumb. Like, that's a a high-end fashion house. Like, whatever. But the pornography that's easily accessible on social media sites, like Pornhub, even Netflix shows. Are are we kidding each other? That is more damaging than the Balenciaga ads. And no one's saying anything about that. No one's canceling. Right. You know, I mean. Game of Thrones or Euphoria. That's not being canceled. Where's the uproar? Where's the uproar? Yeah. And I get so fired up, not because they're hypocrites, because I am. I'm a hypocrite, too. I mean, I, I confess. Right. I, I can stand right. humbly and tell you I'm a sinner. I can be a hypocrite in some things. Um, and, but mainly, I, I get so fired up because it just so grieves the heart of God. The sexualization and the pornification of society, which absolutely plays a role in the whole LGBTQ issue, 
You yep. can't say that you're pro LGBTQ and equity and all of that and then dislike the sexualization of children. It, they're all tied in. It's so deeply connected because if you want to get children to question their gender, which is regarding how they're going to have sex, mm-hmm. how they're going to engage sexually, well, then you and you're starting this and you're saying that babies are sexual. Oh my gosh, I could just go on forever. Okay. I know. Only, I know. only God's created design for humanity works. Only God's created design for sexuality works. Mm-hmm. Only God's created roles for men and for women and for marriage and family work. Only God's mandated protection of women and children work. Nothing Amen. else will work. Well, we will never experience God's perfectly created design for his people until we enter his eternal kingdom. It is still worth fighting for here on this earth because there are souls at stake. Yep. There are children's souls who have yet to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ, but who are already steeped in the gospel of free sexuality. And we mm. need to be reaching out and saving these children's souls. We need to be doing whatever we can. Brave parents, the pushback against uh, the over-sexualization and the pornification of culture is necessary for all of us. We all must fight against this. Like you said, we can't just look and be like, oh, that's nice. No, we Mm -hmm. all have to stand up. Our voices must be heard. This is perhaps why for such a time like this that we have a social media platform. I don't care. If people say, oh, the people, you know, conservatives are, are, you know, making such a big deal about this, it is a big deal. And we should be making a big deal about so many of the aspects of child sexual exploitation. If you have mm-hmm. a public voice I, of any way, you know, I have no idea who you may be in contact with, but I urge you to pray about using your voice as an opportunity to do kingdom work by advocating against the sexual exploitation in all of media. And if nothing else, use your voice to speak to your children. Make sure that Absolutely. they are aware. That is your immediate audience, is to teach them God's design, to teach them God's word, to show them how God created the, the world to operate, and that anything outside of that creates brokenness. And this is what we see right here. This is the fruit of it all. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's going to be more that is unveiled through all of this. This is not the end of the article yeah. or the this, this story. Yeah. So Breakpoints, um, I'll link to that because Breakpoint did a great really good. examination of that. The Ali, Ali Beth Stuckey has done um, a couple things on it. Uh, I, I actually watched, I normally listen to her, but because I wanted to see some of the things that she was talking about, I actually watched it on YouTube. And um, she does a great deep dive. She shows all of the, the pictures, even like the ones that are like there's, a, there's like a purse, but underneath there's paperwork. She, she does a deeper dive into, is there something deeper? Like has Balenciaga been trying to like push this message for a longer time? And not that it's mm-hmm. co- conspiracy theory, but you have to kind of look and see, <laughs> you know, has this been so underlying? Anyway, so we'll link to other podcasts as well if you want to just get more information but if nothing else you, you at least you got our biblical take you on got it. Our, our hot <laughs> hot biblical take on it yeah and with that those are going to be our headlines for the day we've got three three that i feel we were really passionate on so awesome well we hope you all are just enjoying this 
Advent season and spending time with your family, sharing the story of Jesus Christ and his birth. Our Savior has come down man in flesh, fully God, fully human. What a reason to celebrate. So thank you so much for listening. We will be back next week with another Brave Parenting Podcast. Until then, go and be brave.